Rhythm is a measurement of, of constant and regular movement. It's what was blaring through the sound system at your high school, junior high dance, or if you're in high school and junior high, recently out of high school and junior high dance. It's what made you dance, and I'm not going to dance again. That was last week. Um, a little cabbage patch and running man and and, and we, we understand rhythm. What we don't often think about is how rhythm is a part of so much in our life. Rhythm is involved in your, I mean, your, your heartbeat is on, 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 on rhythm. Your, your breathing is on rhythm. You, you, you walk on rhythm. You run on rhythm. When you walk with people, you, you try to sync up your rhythm so that you can stay with people. And, and, and sometimes you're, you're with people, like it's just different rhythms, you know. You got like my wife, she's a, she's a, I talked to you last, last week, she's a fast walker. Like she's very purposeful in her walk. We are going to get there. We are going to get there, right? And, and I'm like, wait for me. And uh, so we, we have to work at that to sync up our, our rhythms. Um, and rhythms are part of everything in our life. And, and what, you don't real, what we don't realize is that actually God, God intended for all of that. Like God gave us rhythm. He, he could have created a rhythmless environment or a rhythmless world. But, but instead he very intentionally gave us day, night, right? Week, month, year. Let, let, let me show it to you. Genesis 1.14. It said, God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate, watch this, the day from the night. And let them be signs to to mark the seasons, the days, and the years. God's like, this is very important. Before I create life, I've got to create a healthy environment for life, context for life. And so therefore, God creates, he creates days and weeks and seasons and years before he creates life to live within those days and weeks and seasons and years. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's the foundation. So what happens is we get this messed up. And we don't, we don't figure out our days. We don't figure out the, the rhythm of our weeks, the rhythm of, of a season. And it messes with your soul. It just feels funky. You ever see people that like, do things and don't have rhythm? I, like you try to get into a conversation with somebody who doesn't understand the rhythm of a conversation. You're like, hey, how are you? I'm fine, I'm just fine, I'm just fine. Like, no, no, we're, we're at this level. Like, the, I'm fine level. You're, you're over there. Like, and you are disconnected. And you're trying to, you're in a room. It just feels funky when there's that person that's, like, off. You know, like, there, there's a rhythm and they don't pay attention to it. Or, like, again, when you go on a, on a walk and somebody who will remain nameless wants to walk really, really bad. It's just hard. It's hard. It, it, it just feels funky. Are you ever seen someone try to dance that doesn't have any rhythm? It's like, you all right? <laughs> You need some help over there. You, you, it just, come on, the point is, it just, it just, it's just funky. It feels funky. You don't even realize, like, it, like even in, in communication right now, they're, they're one, of the, in most, one of the most important things about communication is the rhythm of communication. So, like, when I first started preaching, I would preach like this the whole time. And you know, people are like, are we at, like, an auction right now? What are we doing? What is this? And it took me forever to learn how to, how to pace myself and how to use rhythm in a, in a message, you see. Like, it's, it's wildly important that you understand rhythms. Now, that needs to be brought into your life, into every aspect of you. You need to get intentional about your rhythms. And there are some rhythms that God wants you to be intentional about. He, he says it here in, 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 in Genesis. Remember, it's just, there's these daily rhythms, weekly rhythms, these seasonal rhythms. And so we are learning those together. We talked about daily rhythms last time we were together. 
And, you know, I can't walk you through your whole day, but I do need to tell you that you've got to start marking out rhythm within your day, you know. Children actually uh, thrive in environments where they're given rhythm. If you, if you don't give a kid rhythm, it's very hard for them to have a sense of stability. In other words, you're always waking up at a different time. Breakfast is always at a different time. Chores are always at a different time. You come home. If everything's always different, it just, it just it loses its anchor points for a child, okay. Um, you need to give them rhythm in the day. And I can't give you all of those little things that you need to have in your day, but I did give you one, is that you just show up full, okay? So every day, you're going to get a good night's sleep. You're going to get a full night's sleep, a full breakfast, and then you're going you're to leave with your heart full, okay? But today we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the rhythms of your week, okay? Today and next week. And... Your week needs to include this thing called work. So God gave us the rhythm of work. You know, it's really interesting. None of this is my notes. I'm just talking to you. The Greek gods, when you look at, like, you know, Greek mythology and all the, what, what you often see, it was all these, humanity was made in their mind to, to serve these gods who don't work. Like, they sit around like, blah bring me more grapes, whatever, right? That's not, that's not God, capital G, God of the Bible. God starts out working, right? It tells us in scripture that God worked six days. He worked, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Our, our civilization is kind of, he works, someone say six, six days, six days, he worked and every day I say, he worked, he worked so well and so hard and, and, and so effective and, and, and so disciplined in his work that he stepped back and go, that's good. You and I need to get to a place where in our week we are working so well that we can step back and go, that's good. We need that. Our creator modeled it for us, and now we need to be living in what he modeled for us. We are to work. Someone say work. You say, I didn't go into my weekend to talk about work. Yeah, we're going to talk about work. Work is a bad rap. Um, you know, we don't have warm, fuzzy feelings all the time when we think about work, you know. And so we say things like, you know, here's, here's kind of some of the sediments about work. You know, I, 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 gotta, I guess I got to go to work. I got to go to work. You know, how about this? Thank God it's Friday. No TGIF. Hey, let's start a restaurant. TGIF, right? What is all It's just this kind of negative attitude when it, when it comes to work. Oh, you know, just got to go to the grind, you know. Just living for the weekend. You know? Come on, some of you, you, you you're, you're laughing, but you said this. You literally said this. Like, I'm just living for the weekend. Here, here's... Here's the problem with that. It's, it's that um, that's not at all what God intended. Is that when you think of work, you think, oh, that's, that is not God. Like God, the first thing he did was work. And if we don't have a biblical perspective of what work is, all of a sudden, like, work becomes miserable really, really quick, right? 
it, it becomes lifeless. It becomes meaningless. And, and, and now it's just something you have to do to pay the bills, you know, and put food on the table. It's, a, it's nothing more than just a, an exchange of my time for that paycheck. And, and what I want you to see today is that it's actually meant to be something more. Like, it's actually meant to be purposeful. It's actually meant to be meaningful. There's, there's dignity in your work. And so the first thing God does with man, the first thing, that God does, the first thing he does is, someone say work. And the first thing he does with man is he puts them to. Interesting. Let's look at it together. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, 28 says, God blessed them and said to them. <laughs> See, when God, God's about to bless you, you don't think that the next sentence is going to include anything to do with work, Right? But God, it says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air or in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. He says, be fruitful and multiply. He says, get to work. And he gives us these words, dominion and subdue. That does not mean their job was not to go use up and destroy. That's not what that means. God appointed them, it's very important to understand uh, this, if you're going to understand what work is. What God is doing here as he puts them to work is he's appointing them to be stewards. Someone say stewards. Stewards over creation. Now, what is a steward? A steward does not own, right? A steward manages on behalf of the one who owns, okay? And so God says, I'm going to put you to work. And I want you to steward this creation. Steward earth. What does that mean? It means, it means you're going to manage things. Work looks like managing things. It means you're going to develop things. It's, you're going to care for things. You're going to create within the world he created as stewards. So for Adam, what was that specifically? Adam was told that his work in stewarding this great earth, and this is all going somewhere, so hang with me, was what? Do you know what he was? What did he do? He was a gardener, okay? It was the very first job given to men. Colossians chapter, or go back into Genesis, in Genesis 2.15, do we have that? Nope, keep going, Genesis 2, nope, we don't have it. Okay, in Genesis, he says that you are, I'm gonna go to it, hang on. The Lord took man and put him in the garden. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it, what? To what say someone say work it, to work the garden and take care of the garden. His job was to be a gardener. That was, listen, that was his part. Now listen very close. You're a steward. All of us are stewards of this creation God has given us, this world that He's given us, the, the lungs He put in our breath. Like we're stewards. We are then, therefore, to go out and manage. We're to go out and create, we're to go out and build, we're to go out and do our part as a steward of, of this world that he's given it, given to us. It, he owns it, I'm just, I'm just stewarded, I'm doing my part. Someone say my part, right? So whatever he's entrusted me with. So he trusted Adam with the garden, but maybe he's entrusted you with, you got a creating part. Some of you, you've got a developing part. You've got a caring part. You, you've got a cleaning part. Some of you got a changing diapers part. Come on, right? Like you got a helping others stay healthy part. That's your part. 
Others of you, you got to helping others get healthy part, right? That's, that's your part. Here's what you need to do. Like, it, you, for some of you, it's raising up leaders part, right? Work is meant, as you're doing your part, to be meaningful and fulfilling and, and rewarding. There's supposed to be a sense of dignity attached to what it is, what it is you do as you're doing your part. Some of you are like, I, well, I thought, I thought work was a part of the fall. I thought it was a part of the, the curse, right? No. No, watch, watch, watch. God gave work before the fall. Do you know that? So God gives work. Here's your part, Adam, right? And, 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 and here's your part. Here's your part, Tatum. Here, here's your part. You know, here, everybody, here's your part. And, and then there was the fall. So in other words, there, work was meant to be a blessing, but after the fall, now all of a sudden there's, there's thorns and thistles in it. This is why some of you don't like work. Because although work is still a blessing, there's a little bit of burden. There's a little bit of thorns. Anyone got some thorns and thistles at, at work, right? You got some, anyone got some thorns and thistles in your part of what God's asked you to do, okay? Like you've got some, you've got, it's just not as easy as it should be or could be, right? You got, anyone got some attitudes at work? Anyone got some like, like stuff gets hard? Okay, that's part of the fault. Now, but what you need to understand is the blessing that God intends outweighs the burden, the blessing will always outweigh the burden. It's meant to outweigh the burden, okay? So here you are doing your part, and God fully intends for the blessing to outweigh any burden as you're doing your part, as, you, as you're being, being a steward. Here's where we're gonna go. The problem, the, the reason why so many people don't understand the blessing of work, and they're just walking around, there's a burden, gotta go to work, there's the grind, put food on the table. TGIF, live for the weekend. The reason why is because you don't know how to work. I don't know how to work. So I want to teach you in this time how to turn what you think is a burden into a blessing, and it's by you learning how to work. You ready to learn how to work? We're going to learn how to work. How do we work? The big key takeaway in all of it is found in Colossians chapter 3, Verse 23, and here's what it says. And whatever you do, you're creating, you're managing, you're, you're bossing, you're, you're serving tables, you're flipping burgers, you're, you're, you fill in the blank. Whatever you do, what does he say? Do it heartily or wholeheartedly. Put your whole self into it as unto the Lord and not to men. Here's how you start to turn this thing that you thought was a burden and make it that blessing that God has actually intended it to be. Is that you need, listen, to realize you are to do this as under the Lord. The reason maybe you're so frustrated is because you've had the whole boss thing wrong this whole time. You've had the wrong boss this whole time. So you thought, you thought the boss was that guy or girl in the corner office. You thought your boss was the person that was coming in telling you what to do. And, and, and because of that, you know, you've been lacking a little motivation. You've been showing up, you know, not really showing up on time all the time. Maybe you've been showing up on time, but you're not really showing up. When you realize that your boss is not the person sitting in the corner office, but your boss is intended to be God, that, that you're not working as unto them, but you're working as unto God, oh, that changes everything, doesn't it? It puts a little extra spring in my step, right? See, if I'm, if I'm working for the person in the corner office, I might just kind of sneak in a little bit late and kind of not bring my whole self. But if I'm working as under the Lord, man, there's a different posture in the way that I'm showing up 
to do my part in this world that God's placed me in because I'm doing it as unto him. And he has given it all for me. And so therefore, I'm just gonna give my all for him. Where? Where do I do that? It's not just in church when you're standing in front of your seat singing worship. Where do you give God your all? In everything you do. It's, it's at work. I'm giving God my all. You're not giving, you know, you work for Disney, you're not giving the mouse your all. You're not giving, like, you, you work it in and out, you're not giving your boss your all. Yes, they're going to get your all, but it's not because you're giving them your all. I'm giving God my all, and you're just getting, you're just getting the overflow of that. You see, I, I'm working as unto God. And all of a sudden, things start to shift in your demeanor because now you, you understand that I am right now just a steward. This is my part. Right now, this is, in this season, my, this is my part in this big thing called the planet, creation. This is my part in doing what God needs me to do right now to, to, as unto him. And I just got a different attitude, you see. And, and that... Come on, that changes everything. So, if you are working your work as unto God, what does that look like? I'm gonna give you a couple things because this is our weekly flow now, okay? We're gonna start working as unto God, okay? We, we, were, we were showing up full daily. Now, now weekly, we're gonna, we're gonna work unto God, okay? Now, what does that look like practically? I'm going to talk to y'all. Some of you don't need this. Some of y'all desperately need this. What does it look like to work under God? Look at me, everybody. It means, it means you get to work. Look at me. It means get to work. Some of you need to hear this. Get to work. There's a whole generation. I won't even go into it right now. I am going to go into it because I love you too much. I'm going to look in the eyes and say, you don't even know what it means to work. You need to get to work. Oh, that hurts my feelings. Go hang out. Go hang out with another generation that can work you under the table before you got out of bed. This isn't in my notes. I'm just having too much fun. So say get to work. When you're working as under God, you're going to work. You're going to put in some energy, some time, some effort, some momentum, you're going to get to work. Now, I fully understand, let me say, that not everybody can work. Not everybody can find work. But the Bible expects that those who can work need to get to work. So on, on one side of the spectrum, we have all these people. Here's where we are. We have, we have all these people who work far too much. And I think it's working far too much because there's a lot of people who don't know how to work at all. So these people who work got to work far too much. So on one side of the spectrum, you have all these people that work far too much. But over here, there are a lot of people who work far too little. That was all the, all the bosses and the, and the managers in here. They're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Listen, they work far too little. Lots of people want to talk about how to rest well. I mean, you came here this morning. I can't wait to talk about how to rest well. But I'm looking at you guys to tell you this, listen to me. You will never know what it is to rest well until you've worked well. And, and, and you're actually, I mean that, your soul won't know what it's like to rest. I mean, I can't even get you to rest until you have learned how to work. Get to, get to work. 
God actually takes this more seriously than you think. I'm reading to you the Bible. Don't be mad at me. Think about our culture right now. Think about how we have set things up in our society. Think about, I'm not even going to, think about the decisions we make as a society on how to coddle generations and coddle people. And then look at what the Bible says. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 7 through 10, it says, For you yourselves know, Paul the apostle writing, For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. Paul says, I gave you an example. I didn't just preach something to you. I didn't just tell you about it. I actually did this in front of you. What did you do, Paul? Well, we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. We didn't just sit around on our hands when we were with you and expect while we were sitting on our hands for you to give us food. For you to take care of us. Paul says, we were not idle when we were with you. On the contrary, here's what we did. We worked. I feel fired up. I'm sorry. We worked day and night. We, watch these words. We labored. We toiled. So that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this. Not because we do not have the right for such help. Oh, we could have walked in and said, I deserve. I'm going to talk about my rights. There's a whole, come on. Paul said, I could, have, I could have walked in and talked about what I deserve and my rights and what, I, what I've got coming to. I, I could have walked in. Paul said, I didn't do that at all, right? But in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate, it gets better. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Okay. Like I said, that's your Bible. Pray and go home in Jesus' name. God's work connects God's provision to God's kids getting to work. Paul says he labored, he toiled, and they paid for everything as an example to you. And I want you to hear this after all that in a very loving way, okay? We shortchange ourselves. There's a generation. There are people that are shortchanging themselves when they don't have the same work ethic that Paul models for us. Like you are missing out on a rhythm of life that God intends for you to live within when you don't labor, you don't toil, you don't pay for it yourself. Paul says, I did this as a model for you. This is what work ethic looks like. And Paul says, you're, you're saying you don't have enough to, to eat. Paul says, well, I want you to start doing some work. You can't, if you don't work, you can't eat. He just made it very, very basic. It is so blurred in our world, right? And Paul is, is trying not as a, Paul's trying to draw us into this thing that God created us for. is to live within this blessing of this thing called work. To know what it is to put in a, in a, in a, in a week's worth of work and to work hard and to toil and to, and to get some stuff done. There's, there's this thing that God is, is drawing us into. And when we approach things, trying hard to avoid labor and to avoid toil and just to take the easy path and, 
you know, and, and, and at the same time think that we shouldn't have to pay for things or that we should just be given things. It goes against the fabric of how God actually made you to flourish. So you, what you're doing in that moment is you think you're fighting for something, but you're actually fighting against the core of how God made you, you see. God made us to work. And work ethic is massively on, on decline. And there's so many business owners that are so frustrated with the lack of people who just know how to put in some good old-fashioned work. Lots of people want great things for their life. They want, they want great things uh, in their life. But you have to know that when you see great things in other people's lives, it's because there's been a great amount of work put into creating those things in their life. And you got to start to make those connections, okay? Listen, I'm going to say it to you this way. There's a half clap. We're almost there. Um, the gap, the gap, listen, listen, there's a gap. The gap between, look at me, everybody, listen. The gap between where you are, okay, and your full potential is the work you're willing to put in. The gap between where you are and maybe what you want, or you, your full potential, is the, is the work that you're willing to put in. I was with um, um, a mentor, John Maxwell, and he told a group of us one time that after one of his, he'd go and he'd do conferences, big leadership conferences, and after one of his conferences, one of the, someone from the audience came up and said, so Dr. Maxwell, I, I want to I do what you do and have what you have. And Maxwell turned out, he's brilliant, and he said, well, if you want to have what I have and do what I do, you got to did what I did. Because you can't do what I do and have what I have unless you did what I did. And Maxwell goes into this whole thing about the countless hours that no one saw of him studying and prepping and writing and working and studying and prepping and writing and working. And we want the stuff. We want that. We want, but to get that, you've got to do this. No one wants to do this. We just want to Instagram about that, right? And so when you look at what what, how God has blessed somebody or what they have. And you, I, I, you have to understand that there's things happening that you don't see and it's called, it's called work. I've, I got other points, I promise, and we'll do them faster, but this is just, I just want to, I want to land, I want you to understand this. Uh, Tate and I have had the opportunity to be around, be around lots of incredible, just incredible people, like musicians. And I say their name, you're like, oh, I know them, I love them, they're one of my favorites. And people will walk up. I've been in rooms with them. People walk up and go, you are so gifted. And tell you something. I know what you're trying to say. But what you need to hear is that it's not just that they woke up one day and had this. It's not that they just all of a sudden became. Listen, what you don't understand is they had a little bit of talent and a little bit of gift and they put in a whole lot of work that you don't see and the reason you're going wow is because there's all this stuff you don't see and I'm telling you they work hard they put in the hours they put in the repetition they they work hard the gap between where you are and your full potential is the work that you're willing to put in and I I think sometimes we can actually overemphasize self-care, taking time off. And I'm telling you, you are, you are actually rotting your soul because you were made to work. Like, Paul the Apostle, I, and I promise I'm about, I do have other points. Paul the Apostle, 
I love this because people will get like, well, you know, so here's Paul, Paul the Apostle, right? By the grace of God, Paul says, I am what I am. Go on, 1 Corinthians 15, 10 for me. I am what I am. And his grace to me was not idle or without effect. No, what does Paul say? I worked harder than them all. Paul goes, God, had, God gave me a special grace, the same as he gave all the other apostles. And people say, you should not brag. Paul bragged. What did he brag about? His hustle. Paul said, yeah, i tell you what I did. I hustled more than all of them. Paul says, you want to talk about? Here's what I did. I worked all the other apostles under the table. They couldn't keep up with me. I worked harder than them all. Do you see his posture? Why is Paul able to say that? Because he knows what it is to work under God. He doesn't have a man boss. He doesn't have a corner office boss. He says, God is my boss. And so I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to work harder than everybody. Why? Because I'm working as unto God. Someone say, get to work. You see, friends, we, we need this. Amen? Here's the other thing. Get to work. Be a gift. Someone say, be a gift. You have a gift to be a gift. How do you work unto God? You, you get to work. And then you've got to, here's how you get to work. You, you've got to figure out what your gift is. And then use that gift to be a gift. So, you have been given a gift. Everybody look at me. Welcome to church. You're gifted. You're gifted. You're gifted. You're gifted. You're gifted. I thought just that one musician was gifted. And anyway, no, you're gifted. You're gifted. So now you got to find your gift and then use that gift. Here's the key element. It's not just, I know what my gift is. I'm so gifted. No. If you're going to work as unto God, you're going to discover your gift. And then you're going to give your gift as a gift. See? When I show up to work, what am I doing? See, it changes the whole context. I'm not just telling the kids, I got to leave because daddy's got to go go work hard so I can put food on the table. You know, you're actually messing up your child's view of work. They need to hear this. Hey, I'm going to go because dad's giving me a gift of fill in the blank, working with numbers, blah, 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 blah. So I'm going to take the thing that God gave me to now go bless some other people. And all of a sudden, a child's view of work is different. It's like, oh, man, that looks hard. And it's like, Wow. You're making a difference in our world? You mean you have something that other people need? And, and he, that's, you see, it's a, it's, a, it's a dynamic shift in what work looks like. Why? Because you know how to do it as unto God. So you're going to take your gift to now go be a gift. So what do you like to do? What are you good at? Maybe you're good with people. Maybe you're good with numbers. Maybe you're good at building. Maybe you're good at organizing stuff. You're good at, like, come on. And you don't know what you're good at, just ask somebody. Say, what am I good at? People can usually tell you, here's what you're good at. Now, once you know what you're good at, go give it away at work, right? You don't have the gift you have just so you can provide for you. It's actually given to you so you can get behind others, Look at, you lift up others, you help out others, you serve others, you make a difference for others. And in doing so, here's what's happening, is you are adding to the, mo you're, you're playing your part in the momentum of what God is doing within his creation. Like there's this whole thing happening, the globe is spinning, like everything's going on. And God puts you here to bring your part to this thing he's doing on, on this planet, okay? And so when you show up to work, you're taking that thing to be a gift, not so I can get you got to shift it because you're working, you're working for God now. It's about what I can give. Let me show it to you again in Scripture, 1 Corinthians 10, 24. No one should seek their own good but the good of others. Let me give it to you in another version that I, that I really, really love. I feel like it paints it even better. Watch, next version. No one is to seek after his own advantage but rather that of his neighbors or the advantage of his neighbors. So when you show up to work, I'm not here for my advantage. What's in it? 
like, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? No, I'm working as unto God, and therefore I'm like, I'm here because there's something in it for you. I'm here for your advantage. See, when you show up to work, you're not just, you're not just you know, making a living, putting food on the table. You're being an advantage to people. I promise you, if you look at it right, there's a way to connect what you do into blessing others. So watch, I'm here as an advantage to my boss. If you're not an advantage to your boss, then you're doing this wrong. You being there should make that place better. See, why? Because, well, Scripture says I'm going to take my gift to be a gift, so I'm an advantage to my boss. When you're on a team, you are an advantage on the team. If they do the whole we got to kick someone off the island thing, it's not going to be you. Because I'm serious, because you bring the advantage. I'm going to take what I, and I'm not just going to latch onto this thing to get out of it whatever I can and go home. See, this is how you think about that. How much does it pay? How long do I have to be here? And when do I go home? Now, stop it. It's, I'm here to be an advantage to this place. I'm an advantage to my boss. I'm an advantage to my teammates. I'm an advantage to my, to my you know, my, my fellow employees. I'm an, advantage, I'm, an, I'm an advantage to the person that I'm serving. Like, you came in here to have a meal. I'm a waiter. I'm a waitress. You came in here to have a meal. You're not just going to have a meal. You're going to have a meal with a little extra advantage. Because I'm, I'm here serving you, and, and you're just going to, you're going to, you're going to be served like you've never been served before. Why? Because I'm serving God, and God calls me to take the gift, to be a gift. And so now all of a sudden, I'm, 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 you're going to get it blessed. You see? It shifts your thinking. you got to see it that way. And in doing so, you play your part in everything that God is doing. You're, you're, you're touching lives. You're, you're being a gift. Think about everything that we enjoy. You need to understand that it was on, it is on, everything you enjoy is built on the foundation of something someone else sacrificed for you to enjoy. <laughs> like somebody else was thinking about advantaging you. There are people like this in our world that still think about helping other people. And everything you enjoy is because there's, there are people who've said, I'm going to help others experience advantage. And so every time you sit down to have a meal, that meal was brought to you by a bunch of people in this thing that God created called the planet, doing their little part in this thing God called the planet. And so you have a farmer that got up and worked that field every day so you could have the advantage of having that meal. But see, it started with the farmer planting the seed and, and tilling the soil or tilling the soil and planting the seed and the rain coming. And then they, then they harvested. And then there's a trucker somewhere that, for your advantage, drove that stuff. Stopped at a gas station that somebody started for the advantage. Of you, right? Think about it. Everything. Drove all the way to a grocery store and some grocery store manager opened that for your advantage. Like they did that, right? And so they opened that up and then from the grocery store owner to the, to the shelf stalker to the, to the grocery store checker all the way to your refrigerator maker. Come on, everybody. Like all the way to like, like the cook in your house. Thank you, God, for the cook in my house, right? It's Raya. She moved. Like we're hurting right now, so... All the way to the cook in your house. Listen, everybody. I, I told, I, I would, when I was prepping for it, I told Tatum, I said, think about it. Like, like there are hundreds of people who have touched this meal. That's really kind of gross, but it's true. Why? Because people have taken a gift and they've learned to be a gift, okay? Let me give you one more. It's, it's go the extra mile. Go the extra mile. How do you work as unto God? You've got to learn to go the extra mile. 
So maybe you've heard about second mile service or, you know, going the second mile. But what you may not know is that actually comes from the New Testament. It comes from something Jesus taught us. You see, in Jesus' day, a Roman soldier could force, I'm going to say force, like you work for me. They, they could force a non-Roman citizen to carry anything one mile in any direction. So you can imagine if you like, you're around and you see a Roman centurion starting to clean up. You're like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, and everyone's starting to scatter. But he'll grab somebody and go, hey, you, you're going with me. And that's how they, and they would go a mile and they'd get a mile and they'd set the stuff down and they would wait and look for somebody else. And so it was law. You could carry, you, you could, they could force you to carry something one mile. Now Jesus, believer, dear believer, when a Roman centurion taps you and forces you, hires you to go one mile, at the end of that mile, when it's time to put the stuff down, don't put the stuff down. At the end of that mile, when, when, when you have brought all of your obligation to the table, he says, you say, I'm going too. Now watch, watch. It would have been enough if Jesus said, while you're in that first mile, just keep smiling. While you're in that first mile, have a good attitude. When, when you're in that first mile, don't complain. Like, that would have been like, okay, Jesus, we got you. Like, we could, we could do that. But Jesus said, no, 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 here's what you do. You see, in that first mile, you go too. This is so important. Why? What Jesus is trying to teach you and I as believers is that you and I need to do work, do life different. And what's different about that is it stands out. Like, you want to, no one ever goes two, why would you go two miles? No one ever does that. Like, that's, that's astonishing. That's, that's, that's I've, I've never heard of it. People do this. They go, they go two miles. You go, and Jesus says, this is what I want you to do. You're going to stand out. You're going to be different. You're, 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 you're going to almost, does it sound like, be, be a light? Like, there's, there's, you're, you're a little bit shining here. Like, what is it about you? Jesus says, I want people to get around your work ethic and go, huh, huh, standing out. At the place of employment, the believers should stand out in everything we do. There's just a little something, a little something extra to it, right? Now, I don't know about you, but I want what I do to stand out. I want when I come up to preach for you guys to go, that's just a little bit standout. I, I want our church, I want our church to stand out. Listen, I, I'm going to tell you right now, we don't want just a good church. We want a standout church. Okay, right? Like, I want our kids ministry is going to stand out. Our, 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 our worship team, come on, we're going to stand out. Everything, our graphics, our this, everything we touch as a church, it, I can't tell you how desperately, because I'm doing this as under God and for the people we reach, man, it has got to stand out. Now, how does it, how will it stand out? I tell you, it's because, and it will be, and it is because, we don't just do enough to get by. Nothing stands out in the first mile. Is it do enough to get by? No, we are committed to doing everything we've got to do to push into that second mile to go a little further, to make things a little better. We never look. I never look and go, ah, oh, it's, it's just good enough. It's good enough. I, I guess that'll do. No, it's like, how do we make it better? How do we push it further? See, we're not just going to do a, no, we're going to do like a do summer blast thing. No, we're going, we're going to do a summer blast thing. Like it's, and the standout, what I'm trying to get you seen all that, is that the standout is in 
the second mile. It's in the extra time put in. It's in the extra attention put in. It's in the extra practice. It's in the, it's in the extra work. It's in the extra, it's the extra care given to it that helps it stand out above everything else. I want that so much. Why? Because I'm doing it as unto God. I'm doing it for him. And so at your place of employment, friends, your work is going to stand out. It needs to. And how does that happen? I'm telling you, it's never in the first mile. Everyone does the first mile. The first mile is what you're hired for. The first mile, the first mile is, is what everyone else is doing. You, though, believer, you go further than others go. You do more than others do. You practice more. You research more. You study more. You prepare more. You sh- right? You, there's just more because you're doing it as unto the Lord. And, and here's what happens as it all so it closes. Why does that all matter? Why does it matter? Because in doing everything is under the Lord, going the second mile, every, everything we're doing is under the Lord, you start to do this thing called, called glorifying God. Watch this, so important, we'll close. You're glorifying God. And this world right now needs you more than ever to glorify God. See, Matthew 5 14 says this, you are the light of the world. Dear believer, you are the light of the world. Not just when you're at church, but when you show up to work. You are the light of the world. Okay, Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good, what? Works. Like, oh my goodness. They see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. So here's what happens is that as we go through our, we got our daily habits, and now we're going into this working unto God habit, and as we're doing that, people around us st- will start to connect. Man, the, the value and the, that they place on their work and the attention and dedication that they give to their work is, there's something, it's like, what is that? Oh, that's coming out of a dedication and a love for God. Like there's, there's, there's a connection there, because not everyone does that. But there's a connection there. And, and they're not just doing it for a raise. And they're not just doing it for, they're, they're not doing, I don't feel like they're doing this for me. You know, there's a, there's a difference, like when people show up and they're doing it, and it's like for the boss, like for the boss. No, it's beyond, it, it goes above that, and they're just, they're just, they're just coming and doing it. And they go, this is different. Do you get, you get what I'm saying? This, it feels different. It, because it supersedes anything in that workplace, and it actually, it's, it's unto God. And when it is on the God, all of a sudden you start to lift eyes. You, you magnify God, glorify God. The word literally means that you take like a telescope. The moon is already big, but I need you to see it as big. How? I'm going I'm to let you look through my telescope. And what my telescope does is it magnifies the moon. What your work ethic does, what you work during the week does as unto God, is it, is it lets people kind of look go, wow, they got a, they got a big God. They got a good God. They got a, there's something different on them, you see? And you start to, friends, change your environments. Here's why it matters. Because the people you work with matter. Here's why it matters. People need God more than you could ever imagine, right? Desperately. And you just may be the closest thing they'll ever experience 
to who God is. And so, friends, you carry, you carry that. You're a light, right? Let them see your good works. Not just hear about what you believe. That's important. But see, see about what you believe, right? And start to connect the dots between your work and your commitment and your love for God. So imagine if we show up to our week this week, we get to work as unto God. We start, start glorifying Him in all that we do. Listen, that's where the light shines. You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. And let's be this for others, amen? I'm telling you, the burden you thought work was will start to turn into a blessing. Hey, I am gonna close. There are people like, well, my, I would take that job, but it's just like below my pay grade, and I would take that one, but we got all this stuff, right? And I, I hear you, come on, but let me just tell you something. If God gives you something, work it as unto him, and he'll give you something more, and he'll give you something else, and he'll give you something different. Some of you think, I, would ha- I need to be in that position. Well, friends, if this is all God has given you right now, this is all there is right now, work it as unto God. And watch what he'll start to do with it, okay? Start anywhere. And just work as unto God. In Jesus' name, amen.